You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday. Let's talk about some Reds, huh? It's November officially. Tomorrow is going to be that election day. So, you know, whatever, get out and vote and all that good stuff. But hey, let's talk some baseball. We're talking Reds baseball here in November. The Reds extended their qualifying offer to Trevor Bauer. We're going to talk about what that means here in just a minute. And I've got a scenario that I'm going to break down. Thanks to Chad from Lancaster. He sent that in to the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. So we're going to talk about all of that. And you know what? I'm actually going to start posting like the Twitter stuff and subscribe and all that stuff. That's going to be in the uh, description from now on. That way we don't have to talk about it each and every episode. So, all right, we're just going to jump right into the content. If you listened last week, last week we kind of put a bow on the season with the fellows from the Locked On Cardinals and the Locked On Cubs podcasts talked about how the NL Central went down in 2020. And then Lance McAllister joined the show and we looked at uh, what the Reds might do this offseason. We are both on the same page in that we do not expect a spending spree. The Reds do have an opportunity to be one of the few teams in Major League Baseball that continue to add to a very competitive, very uh, successful-looking team moving forward here, but we don't expect that. That would be a surprise as we move throughout the offseason. So we'll see exactly what they do, but they kind of took their first step a couple of days ago when they extended the qualifying offer of $18.9 million for next season to Trevor Bauer. Everyone expected this. This was not a surprise. This is kind of, um, if you look at what a qualifying offer is in the terms of Major League Baseball, it's almost like, you know, I mean, this kind of seems a little crass, but this is how my brain understands it. It's kind of like a baseball team marking their territory uh, with a specific player because you can only do it once. Now for the rest of his career, wherever he goes, Trevor Bauer cannot be extended a qualifying offer by any other team. A player can only receive one qualifying offer their entire career. And if he turns that down, that then sends um, the red, it sends him to free agency, and then it sets up the Reds for possible draft pick compensation if they do not retain his services through free agency. And according to MLB.com, what the Reds would be set up for is – If Trevor Bauer signs a guaranteed contract for a total of $50 million, not average annual value, but like if the total is more than $50 million, then the Reds would get a pick 
in between round one and competitive balance round A. So essentially like a round uh, one and a half pick. So that'd be pretty good. And that's if, I mean, the $50 million or more, that's going to be if he signs a multi-year deal, right? He's not going to sign for a $50 million contract for one year, although he's probably going to sign for not that far off for one season. But he's been backtracking here lately as far as his comments on one-year deals only. He's mentioned that he would consider multi-year deals and long-term deals and all that stuff if it makes sense for him, which is smart. Trevor Bauer's a good businessman. He's not going to shut off those avenues of income and business and all that good stuff. So we'll see exactly what he does. The Reds, I mentioned this on Friday, figure to be a dark horse to retain his service, to sign him. They're, they're not out of the running totally, but they'd be like, I don't know, if, if you're a fan of college basketball, they'd be like a, uh, let's say, a 12 seed upset and a 4 seed. That's kind of where I'm thinking on this one because they're not figured to be in the perfect financial position. Much of their uh, payroll is spoken for already if you check out SpotTrack.com. And I've got a blog up on LockdownReds.com kind of talking about some non-tender candidates. And I break down where the Reds' payroll is, according to SpotTrack.com, heading into the season with some estimated arbitration values. They're close to $126 million on the books already. And last season, they had a franchise record $144 million payroll. So that would mean if they just got back to where they were last season, they've got $18 million to play with. That's less than the qualifying offer by a s- small margin, but less than the qualifying offer that they extended to Trevor Bauer. He's going to probably make double that. Garrett Cole made a whole lot of money when he became a free agent, and the season in which he entered free agency parallels very similarly to Trevor Bauer's 2020, so you could probably uh, set the floor at $30 million a year for Trevor Bauer's next deal. So the Reds are going to have to pony up some cash if they want to retain him. And just to cover all the bases on the draft pick compensation, if for some reason Trevor Bauer signs somewhere with a total deal less than $50 million, the Reds will receive a pick after competitive balance round B, which is essentially right before round three. So you've got round one, competitive balance round A, round two, competitive balance round B, then round three. So it'd be in between there. So, you know, it's still a draft pick, but not quite as good as if he signs for a whole bunch of money. So if he doesn't sign for the Reds, we're rooting for him to sign somewhere for just an insane amount of money, which will probably mean that's why he doesn't sign as a Red. So, all right, the qualifying offer has been extended. Now he has until November 11th to accept or decline. And the reason that they give him a few days to kind of look it over is they also give him and his agent the ability to talk with other teams, talk with other front office general managers and presidents of baseball operations and all that different stuff to assess what his value might be should he hit the open market. I don't figure he's going to have to do a whole lot of research because I think everybody can tell you that $18.9 million 
is a little low. Now, I will say this. I did get a text, and this was from an unnamed person, but a text on the Lockdown Reds line saying that, well, they extended the qualifying offer. It seems the Reds are willing to pay for him. I don't know about that because the Giants extended a qualifying offer to Kevin Gosman. You remember Kevin Gosman? He was a reliever for the Reds in 2019, and the Reds decided that they no longer needed his services on the pitching staff and they let him become a free agent and the Giants signed him. Now, Gosman did have a very nice 2020, 11.9 strikeouts per nine. So maybe the Giants think that that is low for him. I'd be surprised if it is. Well, I mean, I, I've been wrong before. But it's interesting to note that just because you extend the qualifying offer to somebody does not necessarily mean that you are ready to sign whatever number they want on the dotted line. More to the fact, it probably lends to the belief that you don't think you can retain him and you want to mark him for draft pick compensation. Because when it comes to Trevor Bauer, he's definitely going to get a lot more money than that. And statistics show that ever since the qualifying offer was implemented in the 2012 season, 90 players have received one. Only eight have accepted the qualifying offer. Last year, 10 players got a qualifying offer and only two of them, Jose Abreu from the White Sox and Jake Odorizzi from the Twins, accepted their qualifying offer. Trevor Bauer does not figure to be the ninth player to accept a qualifying offer in the last Eight years, So I, I think that he will become a free agent and the bidding war will begin. With that in mind, I've got an interesting question from Chad in Lancaster. He says, would you rather have one year $25 million for Trevor Bauer or one year $25 million for Francisco Lindor? And I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute. But first, if you're like me and you're a snacker, now's a great time to grab a Built Bar. When you snack, you always think, man, I want a good tasting snack, but I also want it to be healthy. Built Bar checks all of those boxes. They've only got four grams of sugar, four grams of fat, 16 grams of protein, and they taste just like a candy bar. They've got amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia, Mint Chocolate Brownie, all the fruit flavors you can think of, lots of chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, amazing taste and mouthfeel as well. Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order of Built Bar because when you're looking for the best tasting snack and to get a healthy feel from that snack, Built Bar is at the top of that list. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order of amazingly delicious and specifically nutritious Built Bar. All right, so let's jump into the scenario because Chad has posed a wonderful question. Would you rather have Bauer or Lindor, given that either one would make, you know, one year $25 million, basically? Now, there is a lot of uh, extracurricular stuff here because obviously the Reds would have to trade for Francisco Lindor. That would cost prospects. That would cost players. Uh, depending on what that would look like since he's only got one year left on his deal it may not necessarily be as expensive as it was in years past, but it's still not going to be cheap. It's not going to be something that we look at and say, wow, I don't even know those names that the Reds gave up for Francisco Lindor. There's still going to be some guys that probably are in the top 10 of the Reds system. With that in mind, you look at uh, Trevor Bauer and you say, well, it's only going to cost money. Here's the thing with that, though. In order for the Reds to sign him for $25 million, I mentioned that 
in order just to get up to where their payroll was last season, which was a franchise record, they only have $18 million to play with. So $25 million would put them over that without doing any other moves, without making any other adjustments to the lineup that is saying that what you have in system is going to be sufficient at shortstop in 2021. And that's also not making any moves with the bullpen, saying that what you have in the bullpen you believe in and you think can be fine, which they have a pretty decent bullpen, but that's something we're going to talk about this offseason as well. Part of what I think would cost to get Trevor Bauer would be non-tendering a couple of guys. And I mentioned that in a blog post at LockedOnReds.com. Three guys that I think the Reds could non-tender and be okay with using that money elsewhere and filling their spots with in-house. Number one is Brian Goodwin. He is slated to make a little bit close to $3.5 million next year. And that would put him as the sixth highest paid player position player on the team for a guy that figures to be a rotational outfielder. Seems like a lot of dough to give up to a guy who uh, isn't going to be playing every day. Then you look at another guy who I think is kind of an obvious one, although he wouldn't save a lot of money. It'd be more about the roster spot would be non-tendering Robert Stevenson. I don't necessarily think he's going to make that much. He might not even cross the million dollar threshold for next season, but it's more about kind of freeing up just a little bit of dough and also freeing up a roster spot for some guys coming up from the minor leagues. And then lastly, this guy, I don't feel strongly that the Reds should non-tender him because if they keep him, he definitely keeps the bullpen strong. But that's Archie Bradley. And yeah, I know. I just mentioned both guys that the Reds traded for at the deadline. But Archie Bradley is due to make $5 million after arbitration this season or this offseason. And when I looked at the two teams in the World Series, even the Dodgers only had two relievers that made over $4 million. This coming season, if the Reds keep their roster as is and through the arbitration process and all that different stuff, they will have three relievers make $4 million or more in Rysel Iglesias, Archie Bradley, and Michael Lorenzen. So you really, and then when you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, they had no relievers who made more than two and a half million dollars. So if you're trying to be more like the successful franchises in baseball, maybe not carbon copy the way that they set up their payroll, but get a little bit closer there. And if you're looking at a guy who doesn't figure to be your closer, maybe on a rotational basis, but more of a setup man, more of a seventh inning, eighth inning kind of guy, are you really going to give that dude $5 million? I don't know. It's something to consider. And if they were to non-tender Archie Bradley, along with Goodwin and Robert Stevenson, they would save close to $10 million. So that's kind of something to consider there because you would add enough payroll flexibility that you could bring back Trevor Bauer and then go out and find like a, a diamond in the rough type deal with some dude who could probably play shortstop for a year for you. That would probably preclude them from going after Andrelton and Simmons, but this is just for this scenario. So, all right, that's a long-winded way of saying that both of these options here, whether it be Francisco Lindor or Trevor Bauer, would lead to players leaving this roster. Now, I think that the Reds need to make some hard decisions on some guys anyway and kind of create payroll flexibility because I'm not really seeing that they would keep the roster the same as is and go out and spend 
what I think they would need to spend to shore up the couple of holes that they have on the team. So with that being said, I would still think that I'd pick Francisco Lindor over Trevor Bauer. I'd be okay trading some prospects. And I I don't think that this is a scenario where the Reds can trade and then extend Lindor like they did with Sonny Ray. I mean, Lindor's at the top of his game. He's probably the best shortstop in Major League Baseball, and he's due to hit the free agent market after 2021 for his first ever stint out on the open market. So I don't think he's going to do something that would jeopardize that availability unless the Reds were to do like the Dodgers and just throw a whole bunch of money at Lindor as soon as he got to Great American Ballpark. I don't see that happening, though, because if they did that, they'd probably just do that to Trevor Bauer. They probably would have already done that for Trevor Bauer and not even extended him the qualifying offer. So that's probably not going to happen. So you are looking at one year of each guy. And to be honest with you, I think I'd be okay with only having Lindor for one year because that would bridge the gap. Because I'm of the mind that Jose Garcia is going to be ready for everyday action in 2021. He might even be ready for extended playing time in September. Or sorry, 2022. He may even be ready for extended playing time in September of 2021. So with that in mind, I don't want to lock up the shortstop position for any more than one year. And maybe if that means that you avoid trading guys like Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo, uh, no Tyler Stevenson, you're not trading Jose Garcia, you're not trading Michael Ciani or guys like that, if you can kind of do like the number eight or number nine or number 10 guy and maybe a mid-level prospect as well for Lindor, I might be willing to pull the trigger on that deal. Because if you bring Lindor in, you're going to really help shape up that lineup. I know I mentioned that Andrelton Simmons is the guy that I really want to see be the red shortstop in 2021. But if you bring in Lindor, you get all of the fielding that Simmons has, and you get all of the hitting in a guy that you could put at the top of the order. You could put him in leadoff, you could put him in the number two hole, and you'd be absolutely okay. And you would instantly improve the Reds lineup. And I think part of that as well, is something that I'm going to expound on a lot more tomorrow, but I think that the Reds are going to be just fine if Trevor Bauer is somewhere else in 2021. I'm going to break that down for you on tomorrow's episode because the Reds have options. The Reds have some dudes that they can put into the rotation, and I think Tyler Malley is pretty close to being a dude that you could include in a big three. When you look at the red starting rotation, I'm going to explain that in a lot more detail on tomorrow's episode. So you're not going to want to miss that. If you had missed anything last week, go back and check out the interviews that I had with Lance McAllister and the Locked On NL Central crossover. Those were a lot of fun to do. Plus, I'm also going to be on the Hunt for Reds October podcast coming up this week as well. Kind of a mega Reds podcast, just talking about 2020 and where the Reds are going this offseason. But that's going to do it for us here today. Now, tell your smart device to play the Locked On MLB podcast, and I'm going to talk to every single one of you tomorrow about why the Reds are going to be okay without Trevor Bauer. Let's go, Rex. Hey.